Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Hosea is considered one of the minor prophet books. And the word minor doesn't mean they're insignificant. It just means they're smaller. That's why they call them minor prophets. The major prophets like Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Isaiah, those are the the larger prophet books. And that's why they call them major. But they're all major important. Amen. Hosea chapter 13, verse number 15. Hosea 13, verse 15. Though he be fruitful among his brethren, an east wind shall come, the wind of the Lord shall come up from the wilderness, and his spring shall become dry, and his fountain shall be dried up, and he, sh- he uh, shall spoil the treasure of all pleasant vessels. And please take special notice. A wind shall come, the wind of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless it to our lives and our hearts today. Thank you for the anointing. Amen. To be the vehicle to deposit the word in every life and heart this morning. And let it bear fruit. In Jesus' name, we love you. Clap your hands as you're seated. God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I want to preach on the subject, the wind of the Lord. The wind of the Lord. Amen. You know, wind is a very interesting thing. You can feel it, but you can't see it. Amen. You can hear the sound of it, especially when it comes in contact with other things. Like when it blows through trees, you can hear whistling or you know, rustling through the tree leaves. When it, when it blows over bodies of water, even the ocean, it'll make the waves crash even harder. Amen. Or send all kinds of ripples uh, on a, even a, a normally calm body of water. There are wind gusts and there are wind storms. There are jet streams and trade winds and prevailing winds. The Bible said in Ecclesiastes 1 verse 6, The wind goeth toward the south and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. There are winds so strong they turn into tornadoes. Other strong wind systems turn into tropical storms, cyclones, cyclones, typhoons, and hurricanes. Depending on what part of the world you're in, a hurricane sometimes is called a typhoon or a cyclone. Amen. Winds dry up wet and soggy areas, taking up moisture that has not been absorbed in the ground back up into the atmosphere, the evaporation process to be, to be accumulated in clouds and to be, to be dropped in some other location. The wind plays a vital role in helping plants reproduce by carrying seeds and pollen to areas where they are needed in other places to cross-pollinate and let other seeds, amen, grow in other places where it normally wouldn't if there was no wind to carry. Amen. So the wind carries many different things. Praise God. And generally speaking, the wind always brings something with it. You know, either a cooling or a warming. You can smell the smoke from a nearby fire on the wind. You can smell the spring in the air. 
or you can smell the small, the, the moist salt air if you're near the coast. The wind brings something, and the wind is very powerful as well as we can always already talked about the storms, but it can also be harnessed to, sometimes to to provide renewable energy. But no matter what, we got to understand that God governs the winds. Amen. God's in charge. Praise God of the winds. Proverbs 30, verse 4. Who has ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is his son's name? If thou canst tell. The apostles found out that very early in Jesus' ministry that God is governs the wind and God is in charge of the wind when when Jesus fell asleep in the boat and they were on the sea of Galilee and a storm wind storm came out of nowhere and they were almost ready to sink they couldn't keep up bailing the water and they woke him up and said lord we're going to perish and the Bible said he arose in Mark chapter 4 and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. We're serving the God of the, that governs the wind. But there's a wind and then there's the wind of the Lord. The wind of the Lord is typically referred to as an east wind in Old Testament times. When wind was generally mentioned in the Old Testament, it was translated from the Hebrew word ruach. Amen. But when wind was specifically called the east wind, it was mentioned with a totally different Hebrew word, which is called kadim. This is because in the mind of the Old Testament Jews, amen, they, they knew that the east wind came from the same place as the rising of the sun. They would face the rising of the sun and feel that wind blow on their face because the rising of the sun brought them light. The rising of the sun brought them warmth. The rising of the sun brought cleansing. The rising of the sun brought healing. The rising of the sun brought growth for them and their flocks and their herds and their crops. Malachi 4.2 said, But unto you that fear the name, uh, my name, God said, Shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in His wings. So the Son of Righteousness is a reference to the promised Messiah, the Christ, the hope of the world, whose name is Jesus. Amen. So praise God. So God would send a wind from the east, and it was used with a special Hebrew word. Amen. Because it came with the rising of the sun. And the wind of the Lord is a wind that is specifically designed by and sent by God to accomplish a particular purpose. It was either to bless people or to punish people in Bible times. And when God sends a wind, it always brings something with it. Amen. Genesis chapter 41 tells of a dream that God gave to Pharaoh. And in, and, and in it, the east wind brought seven hard years of famine to the land of Egypt. And Joseph interpreted that dream. And it brought salvation not only to Egypt, but also to his family. And he was reacquainted with them 
and reunited with them. But it was, it was an east wind that brought that famine. Exodus chapter 10, it tells us, amen, that God caused an east wind to bring all the locusts to the land of Egypt, which was the eighth of the ten plagues, amen, that Moses brought upon, amen, Egypt until Pharaoh would let the people go. The locusts came on an east wind all that night. Amen. And when they woke up in the morning, everything was gone. It was destroyed. It was eaten. The parting of the Red Sea was accomplished by an east wind sent by God. Amen. Exodus 14, 21. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. Exodus 15. Looking back after they had already crossed over to the other side, they were looking back and rejoicing in verse number 8. And it said, And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright in a heap and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. Verse 10, thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Amen. I'm telling you, God governs a wind and when he sends his wind, it's a blast of his nostrils. It's called his wind. Thy wind. Psalm 78 talks about, you know, we know when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God gave them manna every day. And God provided them food, but they got sick of it. Now, my dog eats the same dog food for the last, I don't know, eight years. The exact same brand, the exact same food, and the same amount twice a day. I mean, he unfortunately gets... Too many human treats, and I get yelled at at the vet every time that he's too fat. But that's beside the point. But he eats the same food every, you know, and I look at that and I go, well, he's happy, he's excited, he does twirls when I'm putting it out and putting his bowl down. But I think of myself, what? There's no variety. He doesn't have, he has got a bowl of water and he's got the same food. Amen. And I can't understand that. But so I think that's the mentality of the children of Israel. Amen. They, 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 uh, you know, were in the wilderness. They say, God, we're sick of this, you know, frosted flakes from heaven. We want something else, you know. We want at least Captain Crunch or we want, you know, Honeycomb or something. We need another brand, Booberry. I don't know. We got to have something different. You know, we want some, you know, bre- you know some French toast. Let go of my ego or something. I, I need something to- else beside this frosted flakes from heaven all the time. And they complained and they murmured. And, God's, and then Moses went to God. And then God said, okay, they want, they're, they're asking for meat, God. They want meat. They want meat. And he said, okay, they want meat. I'm going to give them meat. And they're going to be excited at first. But then they're going to say, turn off the meat faucet. Amen. And so God, in, in Psalm 78, said God brought millions of quail on an east wind. And they just came and they were easily caught. You don't just go and grab a quail. You usually got to go hunt them, shoot them. And you just can't grab them. But these were just grabbable quail. They were easy to catch and trap. And they got them and they started eating. And they were all excited for a while. Yay, we got meat, we got meat. But because they were murmuring, God just kept sending the quail on the east wind. They couldn't kill them fast enough. They started dying. They started piling up. They started smelling. They had quail barbecue. They had, you know, quail 
you know, boiled quail. Amen. They, you know, they had quail souffle and quail stroganoff. You know, they had, uh, you know, quail whatever. They had quail, you know, quail little bits and then quail this and quail that. And then they had quail hash and they had this and, and then they did it with this. And they were trying to think of all these recipes and they didn't know they were sick of quail. Because God, because they murmur. We shouldn't be murmur. We shouldn't murmur when God gives us something and we want something better. God will give us something better. We ought to thank God for what we have now. Amen. Because God, God will send a wind, and sometimes it won't only be a blessing, it can cause us trouble after a while. Amen. Hosea, our, our, our text verse. Talked about an east wind that would come from the Lord to bring drought to the land, the land of Ephraim, because Ephraim sadly was going after idols. They were worshiping idols. And so God said, You think you guys are going to be okay and everything's going to be fine. But He goes, I'm sending an east wind and it's all going to be gone. Amen, because you left me. That's what He said. You know, and Jonah, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh, and he didn't go, right? He went into the boat, and the, whole, the whale swallowed him, and the whole thing. And then when he finally went, he preached to them, and then God decided not to, you know, not, to, not to punish them because they repented from the king all the way down to the babies. Everybody fasted, and, and, and God had mercy on them. And Jonah was mad that God had mercy. Folks, amen, we don't want... To wish bad on people for no reason. Amen. If you know, We know that the Bible said, if you do that, this is what's going to happen. Amen. But if somebody changes their mind and changes their heart and changes their direction, amen, and God decided to pull back on His, His, His promise to punish them, amen, we of all people should rejoice at that and not say, what? This is a joke. That's what Jonah did. He was having a pity party up on the outside, the outskirts of Nineveh, because he went and preached and said, You need to repent, or God's going to destroy you. And then he just walked up to the side of the hill. He got his lawn chair. He popped his thing of popcorn. He got his soda. And he just sat there and he was waiting for the, you know, the fire and brimstone. All right, this is going to be a great show. And then it didn't happen. And then he was mad. And God said, why are you angry, Jonah? Because I told you I didn't want to come. Because I knew you were merciful. And I knew when I preached it and if they listened and they really took it to heart, that you wouldn't follow through. And he said, what's the problem? Amen. But God even tried to teach Jonah a lesson. While he's sitting up there waiting, he sent an east wind in Jonah chapter 4. It was a hot wind that God, Bible said God specifically prepared just for Jonah to teach him a lesson. Amen. I want the wind of God, when it comes my way, I want it to bring blessing. Amen. I don't want God bringing no famine or locusts. Or anything, some hot wind that's going to dry everything up. I want them to bring the blessing with the wind. Amen. The wind is symbolic of the breath of life that originates from God. God, God, He breathed the breath of life into Adam in the beginning. Job said in Job 33 verse 4, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. Job 12.10, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath 
of all mankind. Isaiah said, 42.5, Thus saith the Lord, God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth, and the, he which, that they which cometh out of it, He that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. God given us breath, amen, and spirit. We're not just walking around on our own. So many people think, I'm doing this by myself. God's not helping me. I, I don't even want to think about that. I know that the spirit of life in me is from God. I know that my next breath is from God. Amen. I'm not going to take that from granted. And then there's a book of Ezekiel. Chapter 37. Amen. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Ezekiel said, and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And again he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And I prophesied there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, Prophesy to the wind. Prophesy, Son of Man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came unto them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of Man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, our hope is lost, and we are cut off for our parts. Amen. I'm telling you, so Ezekiel sees in a vision this dry bones and he's taken there and it's so realistic like he's there. Amen. And he sees that they've been there a long time, spread out all over the place. There was no whole skeletons anywhere. There was just bones. There were human bones. He could see that, but nothing was connected together and they were very dry and been there a very long time. Amen. And he said, hey, can these bones live? You know, Lord. And he goes, yeah, they're going to live because you're going to preach to them. He said, they're going to live because you're going to call on my wind. And the wind of the Lord is going to come. Amen. And when he began to preach, it was noisy. It was clanky. You know, when bones get together, it's like, you know, drums and sticks. And, you know, it's percussion. Amen. And all these bones became, the bone became on his bone. And so the foot bone connected to the ankle bone. The ankle bone connected, amen, to the shin bone. The shin bone connected to the knee bone. And knee bone connected to the thigh bone. Thigh bone connected to the hip bone. And the hip bone connected to all this other stuff and it all they all stood up and then they got sinews and muscles and, and tendons and ligaments amen and skin but they were standing like dead arm like a dead army no breath in them Hallelujah. amen and then he said prophesy to the wind Amen. Preach to the wind and tell, hey, breath, bring the breath of God. And they, they came and they stood up an exceeding 
great army. He was trying to tell his people Israel. He goes, because Ezekiel, remember, he was one of the prophets during the 70-year Babylonian captivity. They thought they were lost. They said, our bones are dried. Our hope is lost. We're cut off for our parts. We're 70 years in Babylon. We don't even have a home. We've heard that it's all overrun. Amen. And people have come in there, and it's just a ruin. Amen. But he was trying to tell them, you're not going to be there all, all this for the rest of your life. God's going to set you free. Amen. God's coming back and He's going to bring life into you. Praise God. You just got to hang in there. And He was encouraging them. Praise God. So no matter how long they've been in that situation, how dry they felt, that God can do it. The wind of the Lord can make a difference in our lives. If you feel like you don't have it all together and things are falling apart in your life, God can put you back together again. Amen. All the king's men could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Poor Humpty. Amen. But I'm not serving just any king with any king's men. I'm serving the king of kings. And my king can put any of us back together again. Praise God. He can put any heart, He can put any life, He can put any relationship back together again. With the wind of the Lord. With the wind of the Lord. If you feel feel like things have become dull and dry in your life, God can saturate you with the exciting, life-giving waters of His Spirit. Amen. When Jesus stood up in the feast in chapter 7 of John, amen, and he, and he, he, he said, amen, and he cried with a loud voice, praise God. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. I'm telling you, folks, amen, whether the spirits can compare to a wind or to a babbling brook or rivers of living water, amen, I don't care how dry we feel, God can refresh us and God can resaturate us to where we'll grow again. If you feel numbed to everything around you and your conscience has a hard time distinguishing between right and wrong, God can revitalize you with a brand new heart and desire with the wind of the Lord. Amen. Let Him breathe on you this morning. Let Him breathe on you this morning. I pray that we receive the wind of the Lord this morning. Praise God. I felt the wind of the Lord earlier in the worship service. It's still here. Praise God. Amen. Apostle Paul said in Acts 17, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that He's Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though He needed anything, seeing He giveth to all life and breath and all things, for in Him we live and we move and we have our being. In Him, in His breath, in His wind. Jesus, in a prophetic gesture, after His resurrection, He breathed on the apostles in John chapter 20, verse 22. And He said, and and when He had said this, He told them something. The Bible said, He breathed on them and said said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now folks, they didn't get the Holy Ghost right then when He blew on them. Because we read, it wasn't until Acts chapter 2, 
He had to get he had to ascend up into heaven still, and then they had to wait, uh, probably another from seven to ten days after he ascended to heaven before that upper room experience of the the first initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost, which was prophesied by Joel in chapter two of his prophetic book. Amen. So Jesus prophetically breathed on them, showing that God God's breath even even in uh, a from him in human form is so powerful. And he said what he, what he really was saying was, hey, you guys got to receive the Holy Ghost. You, you, before you get going here, you, I need you to receive the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You're gonna, before you get the church moving, you got to receive the Holy Ghost. The wind is symbolic of the Holy Ghost. John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Amen. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. We've got to be born again. Amen. How do we do it? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. We've got to be born again of the water and the Spirit, folks. We can't just be water only. Water and Spirit. We need the water baptism. We need the spirit baptism. He said both are required to see and enter in to the kingdom of God. That's not necessarily heaven. That's ultimately heaven. But the kingdom of God where we're standing on this earth right now, it's called the church. It's called the body of Christ. To enter into and really see what this church church is all about. And understand what the Bible is all about and what God's all about. Amen. Because no man even can call Jesus Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So when we have the Holy Ghost, we have the author of the Bible in us. Amen. Holy men of God speak as they're moved by the Holy Ghost. We have, we have so much more. Amen. Insight and power. Our prayer life has changed. Everything has changed when we're born of the Spirit. When we let the wind blow on us. Amen. Notice verse number 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Which, which that's a word that means where it wants to. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. The wind comes and the wind blows. Amen. And remember, the wind makes noise, especially when it comes in contact with something. And when the wind of the Lord It'll make noise when it comes in contact with somebody. Amen. He was trying to let us give us some insight. Everyone that's born of the Spirit, there will be a sound from the wind of the Lord that comes from that interaction and that contact between the Spirit of God and that person. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. Amen. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all. And they were all. Not just a few of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. That's the sound that John chapter 3 verse 8 is talking about. So is everyone. You can't see the Spirit, but you can feel it. 
Amen. You don't know where it's coming from and where it's going, but you know it's here and you know it's moving. But you do know, amen, that everybody's born of the Spirit and you can hear a sound thereof. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Would you stand with me? Amen. Praise God. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by that sound of speaking in other tongues, I want to encourage you to seek after it. Amen. There's no better time to start than this morning, praise God, to receive that wonderful experience of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. Amen. That we must be born again with so that we can see and enter into the kingdom of God. It is not an optional equipment. Amen. We must have it. Praise God. We need it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So the wind blew at Pentecost. And praise God, the wind is blowing again. God didn't stop blowing the wind of His Spirit. It's still. It poured out on the day of Pentecost. And He's been pouring it out on people ever since in the last 2,000 years. And I'm telling you, He's pouring it out this morning. We felt it. We marched around with it. We felt the power and the presence of the wind. And I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't received the Holy Ghost, or maybe you need a refreshing and a refilling, I want to encourage you to get that this morning. Praise God. This altar is open. We're going to sing a song. The wind is blowing again. And let's worship God as we sing. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.